0: She did not hold me. She did not want to see me. She didn't even know if I was a girl or a boy right away because she didn't even want to, she didn't want to know because she knew she needed to do this for me. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Who am
1: I? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? This is Who Am I? Really? a podcast about adoptees that have located and connected with their biological family members. Hey, it's Damon, and today I got the chance to talk to Cindy. Now, I have to admit, I didn't know anything about her story before we chatted. But when I interviewed Leah for her episode, she told me, you gotta talk to Cindy. I had no idea what to expect. But I promise you, I never could have predicted that Cindy's story would unfold like this. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Yeah. Um,
1: Let's start with something familiar to you, which is you are friends with one of my prior guests, Leah. How do you guys know each other?
0: Yeah, we're both advocates. We're both child advocates. So we met through advocacy, and um, we actually never met in person. We're just Facebook friends. So she was actually the reason why I ended up finding my birth family.
1: Is that <laughs> right? Wow. Yes. You're going to have to tell me about that. Cool. It's a,
0: definitely part of a big part of the story.
1: Oh, that's so awesome. I'm really glad to hear that then. Let's start back at your beginning. Tell me a little bit about your family growing up in your community and what adoption was like for you as a child. So.
0: I was born in Bolivar, Missouri. I was adopted to LDS Social Services, so through the Mormon mm-hmm. social services. My parents lived across the river in Kansas City, Kansas. So we moved when I was nine months old all the way to Las Vegas, Nevada. And that is where I was raised in Hawaii. And I was raised Mormon. In my family, nothing was different. They're just my mom and dad you know, I've always just known them. As, I grew up in a wonderful, loving home. Mm-hmm. And my little sister, who's two years younger than me, she was also adopted. She was adopted to all social services as well
2: mm-hmm. out
0: in Las Vegas. And so we look different. She is Brown hair, brown eyes, olive skin, and I am blonde hair, blue eyes. There was kind of that difference between her and I, But we were were just a family that loved each other and were raised in a a really great environment.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And when I was five, that's when my mom and dad sat me down and told me. Yeah, I was adopted, and it was really beautiful the way that my mom did it. She had created this book of information for me, because it was a closed adoption. She didn't have much to provide, but it was it, you know enough information, like hob- my, my birth mother's hobbies and things like that. hmm and she went to sing and I and I'm a singer, so so that was something and I you know, I've been singing since I was in those so that was really cool for me to hear. But um my little hospital shirt was in there and my footprints and everything and she just kind of explained, you know, that my mom, my birth mother, needed help taking care of me. So God chose my mom and my dad to to do that. You know, I was a little confused about it. It was a little weird. But right. I remember wondering, Well, why why did my mom have to give me up? And mm. Not quite understanding. So, yeah, I didn't quite fit in with my community in Las Vegas, and that was just always a lifetime thing. It was, I grew up Mormon, Mm -hmm. um, and by the age of 12, I actually left the church on my own. My my dad and my mom supported that decision, which is pretty rare in the Mormon community. Um, 12 years old, I just Said, you know what, this is not what I believe in. That's so, interesting. Um, and then after finding out I was adopted, I never, other than going to doctor's appointments, so this is another term I said, always sick, always sick. I was a very sick child, mm. sick teenager, had a lot of medical problems that was kind of mysterious. Just went for my whole life in and out of doctor's offices and on medicine, and just really struggling with my health and um, bad immune system. Mm-hmm. And there was no medical information. So that was kind of in the back of my mind, but I never had this overwhelming desire to find my birth family because I was, I loved my family so much. I just didn't need to, like Mm -hmm. I didn't have this, you know, once in a while, I wonder like, well, I wonder who I look like kind of thought.
1: Yeah.
0: I just didn't have a need.
1: So let me pause Um, you for a quick second. Yeah. Your mom and and dad sounds like did a, a beautiful job of introducing you to your adoption. That's. That was really. I mean, obviously, really thoughtful for them. And, but it must have been really challenging as a five-year-old, like you said, to try to like fathom what they're they're telling you. Do you recall at all how your adopted sister was told? Did they have the same? amount of rich information to share with them and did you guys talk about it as as young kids because you now have an adopted sibling in the house who now has the same information that you have but your kids and you guys talk about that stuff and it's probably really hard for you to reassure each other do you recall how it went with your adopted sister when she was then told
0: i don't it was the same way they did the same thing for her she had her own book as well but I do know the difference between my sister and I, as we grew older, was my sister had an overwhelming desire to find the birth family. Interesting. She really, really struggled with her identity. To this day, it's something that's a that struggle for her. So, I mean, we, we knew that we were adopted and that we didn't look like each other. So that was always kind of interesting.
1: So you've reached adolescence. You've left the Mormon Church. And you've got this pang, this desire to try to figure out who you are, where you come from. You've got medical issues, and presumably some answers could come from searching for whom you're biologically related to. Tell me what kinds of things happened next for you.
0: Okay, so I had my daughter Mm -hmm. when I was 21, and it was kind of after I had her that I really started thinking about wanting to try to find both families, specifically for medical purposes, because of all the struggles I had growing up with my my and my house, I was thinking, you know, this is, I need to know for my daughter's sake. Like, what you know, what what kind of family history is there? You know, we have no information. But it, it was very daunting, you know, it was mm-hmm. a lot of money, and it, it was a lot of too much for me at that point in my life to try to do. Um, so I decided I kind of just forgot about it for a while. Yeah. Six years later, I had my little one. Now she's six years old. And after I had her, my my health kind of declined even more. So, and I had to have a hysterectomy.
2: Oh.
0: And so with some genetic stuff, like I basically when they when I had my C-section, they found out that I only had half of the uterus. Wow. Things like that. <laughs> so both my babies were premature. That's a
1: that, that's huge. And I just wonder if the doctors told you at any moment, especially because of your curiosity about your own. Biology. If this is a genetic condition, typically it's like, right,
0: um, and that, that was a question I asked, and they really didn't have an answer for me. I see. They didn't. They said you could just be born that way. It could be, you know, mutation when you're in the womb, kind of thing. It, it, it could be genetic. They just didn't have that answer without any medical history. They I couldn't. Understand. They
2: couldn't give that to me.
1: I understand.
0: So then, two years later, this is where we guys come in. <laughs> I was very ill. I was having uh a sulfur in my sleep. So I was basically aspirating while I slept, which is super dangerous. You can get pneumonia, you could die from that. And the doctors could not figure out why. And I I woke up in one of these fits that I was having and really sick and growing up and it was the middle of the night I'm just sitting there and I'm on Facebook kind of scrolling down and I see Leah and I see this purse. And she had found her puss family. And it just per- of course perked my interest. So I read her story, and that evening, I, I went to the same registry that she had been in. I read her story, and then I clicked on the link she posted. And so I was like, you know what? What do I have to lose? I'm sitting here. I can't sleep. I feel like I'm dying. I have no answers. What do I have to lose? I'll just put my name in this information and see what happens. There's no expectation right. whatsoever. Uh-huh. And, what I, and the information that I provided to the registry was all I had, which was my birthday the the city and state that I lived in, um, the that I was Mormon, you know mm-hmm. that I was it was LDS social services that my mother was eighteen at the time that she gave birth to me, and that's it. Wow. Twenty four hours later, I get an email back, and it's from the registry, and they say we think we found Teresa.
1: What?
0: And, and what did I... you think when you
1: saw that?
0: Well, going from having zero expectations and kind of like whatever, you know, attitude to that, I probably had a panic attack, to be honest with you. I felt completely overwhelmed. I was shaking. I was crying. I was like, it was weird. I had vast range of emotions kind of surging through my body, but I wasn't expecting it.
1: Um, yeah, when you throw that kind of information over the fence onto some random registry with zero expectation, and then you just come back immediately with, we think we found somebody. It can really flip you out.
0: It did. It flipped me out. (laughs) (laughs) So basically what happened was this person had put their information. When I turned 18 years old, this person had put their information in to find me.
1: Wow. They were waiting for that moment. They knew your birthday and said, this is the time.
0: Yep. Wow. So for those, you know, 10 years from the time she had put her information in to the time that I put my information in. So I called my best friend, Michelle. She has always been my biggest encourager in trying to locate my birth family. She's been pushing for me to try to do this for years. Mm-hmm. So I called her. She was freaking out too. And so we, we, her and I kind of went into FBI mode and started searching on Facebook for the name. And my birth mother's name is super, super rare. Very so unique. That was unique and helpful. And she never changed her name after she married too, which is, she did it on purpose. So that if I did come looking for her, I could find her easily.
2: Smart. So I
0: found her on Facebook and then I did some more snooping and found, you know, that I had two siblings. One was older than really? me. And then one was younger than me. And so that was interesting, Just, just kind of not having any kind of information to, to go off of, just learning that alone. And it was so cool because I looked at my brother specifically. He looks just like me. Wow. It was crazy. I have a Cindy Crawford mole on the side of my mouth. Mm -hmm. And so does he in the same exact spot. And it
1: was,
0: it like blew me away i was just like wow that's so crazy that
1: was... is wow
0: so I, I found her and this is what's hilarious this woman is a harley riding leather jacket wearing <laughs> like indian motif wearing like just hardcore biker chick mm-hmm. like I was... <laughs> and i'm just like wow okay and she looks like me you know there's definitely resemblance you know it was just kind of one of those moments of like wow Okay. Yeah. Sense, you you, know, like, you
1: go from not looking like the people in your adopted family to looking exactly like the people that you've located online. That's crazy.
0: Right. So my first step of like finding so, like how to reach out to them now. So the first person I ended up reaching out to was my brother because he has his own business and he had his phone number listed on his Facebook page. So I text messaged him. Basically, I just said, hi. and this is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> But I think um, that your mother gave me up for adoption and I gave my birth date and I just kind of said, I'm, you know, if you're interested in getting in touch with me, you know, here's my information.
1: So before Um, you tell me what he said, tell me why you reached out to him first.
0: Well, uh, I think at the time you couldn't message people unless you were friends with them or something like that. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't message Margaret. I couldn't mm-hmm. reach out to her. So, mm-hmm. for some reason, that was, there was a, you know, I couldn't do that because we weren't friends on Facebook. I see. And I actually did friend request her so that I could message her, but I was just some random person, you know. So, I don't okay. know. She doesn't know me. She doesn't know my name or anything. So, at the, at the time, it was kind of like a long shot, but I, I did get his number and I felt like, you know what? I, I, w- I just need to reach out to somebody. I need somebody to, like, know that I exist and that I'm looking for her so she can get contacted and no and he responded to me and said yes we've been looking for you for a long time what and what I was, did you I was, think okay. i just was blown away you know it was just overwhelming i and then the next day i was at church so in between services i was kind of pacing back and forth and um she called me and i didn't get the phone call because i was leading worship so i came back stage and there was the voicemail on my phone Wow. and you could tell her voice was just super overwhelmed and um and shaking you know she has a shaky voice and yeah. stuff so, so let's backtrack here sure he gave me her phone number and i called her first i mm-hmm. left a voicemail first right? mm-hmm. and i said this my name is cindy and i this is my birthday and i think that you might be my birth mother
2: wow <laughs>
0: so I, I left the message and then she, then she called me back and i missed the call
2: and what so did then she say? i ended
0: up she just said yes i've been looking for you i've been waiting for this day since the day you were born basically you know and Before I actually ever called her, though, I called my sister because she had been actively searching since she was 18 years old for her birth family and had not found them. And that whole time, I was not interested in finding my birth family. Mm. And she was. And here here it is on a whim that I type my name in and boom, here's my family. So I felt like I needed to tell her first. You know, I needed to tell her I loved her and just, I, it was, it was really hard for me. I felt guilty almost. Yeah. You know, I had, so I called her and she was happy for me. She was, I'm sure there was some mixed emotion there for her. And then I told my parents too. Okay. And they, they were always supportive of me. They had always told us when we turned 18 years old that we could go, you know, try to find our first family mm-hmm. and they understood, you know, the weight of that. So I called them and they were very excited and, and mostly because they knew how badly I had struggled with my health my whole life and had no answers. And as parents, you know, when we have our, our children, we just want to help make them feel better. And they couldn't do that for me. Mm,
1: yeah. They couldn't
0: help me do that. So with this no was answers, really good yeah. for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah that's right. So they
0: were very happy. They were very happy for me and, you know, just praying for me and, and all of that. So I was very blessed to have that support.
1: Uh-huh, of course. Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, so then I I went and I barricaded myself in the bathroom and I called her back.
1: Wow. And how was it? What did you say?
0: Oh, it was, I mean, lots of tears and crying. And then, um, then she told me, then she got the bomb telling me, because my adoption paperwork said there was no father information, Mm -hmm. that the birth mother didn't know who the father was. So I just assumed, you know, that. There was some interesting stuff happening back in the day. You know?
2: Right, right.
0: <laughs> so who knows who my dad was? I never even thought for one second that I would ever even know who my father was. And then she got the bombshell on me. So this is where it gets very interesting. And I want to be sensitive to the family because it is definitely an interesting story, um, and a, a, a heartbreaking and hard, and lots of hurt and pain came from it. So basically, my birth mother, she has an older sister. And her older sister had a son with a guy, and that same person is my also my best father. <laughs> so I have a, a half-brother who's also my cousin, basically.
1: So it's your biological father fathered children with both your mother and your mother's sister.
0: Correct. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. For one phone call it was like wow. Um, she
1: dropped that on you on the she, first call.
0: Oh yeah. It was it was a lot, but it was mm-hmm. no.
1: All the answers um, right up front.
0: It was. It was like wow. But basically, you know, I told her that I was really jumping with my health and she said yes, um, this is part of our family history and so that was the other piece of that full pain and heartbreak. So they were Mormon. The mm. family was Mormon. Okay. And her first father's mom and dad were brother and sister and so you're talking incest and sexual abuse and a lot of hurt and pain in that family Mm -hmm. history Mm -hmm. because of the incest you know the genetic mutations and things that happened with incest was the result so we were the result of that you know having all these medical issues all of the women in the family had to have hysterectomies All of the women in the family had to have their gallbladders out, which is also associated with hormones. So did I. Um, All of the women in the family struggled with digestion issues, GI issues. My birth mother, she had to have her esophagus removed completely and replaced. So she had an esophagus transplant. And that was what I was struggling with. When I when I put my name in that registry that night when Leah posted that post, I was having a sophomore juice, spasms and you know, aspirating my sleep.
1: And that was and exactly the condition that your mother had yes. had. Oh my yes. gosh.
0: So, like, boom, just everything made sense, and she. And so, this is the biggest surprise. So, let's follow this for a second. This sure. is what's crazy to me. This is how I. This is how I know it's not. Things don't just happen. This is, you know, I'm just gonna totally put it out there. Sure. God is. God is in everything. He is in everything, and He knew that I needed to know this information someday. So I was born in Bolivar, Missouri. My birth parents lived in Kansas City, Kansas. We moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. That's where I was raised my whole life. Um, my husband and I got engaged in the Redwoods, and then got married in the Lake Tahoe area, Genoa, Nevada. Okay. And then we moved. We moved all the way to the northwest, the Portland, Vancouver, uh, Washington area. So we currently live north of Vancouver, Washington. My birth mother was born and raised in Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Whoa. Uh, got pregnant with me in the redwoods. That's where my my birth father currently resides. What? My birth mother didn't know she was pregnant with me until she was seven months along, and thought she was she was very sick, and so she had my brother, who was at the time like three years old, and she was really sick, so. Her mother had moved to Bolivar, Missouri. So she went to Bolivar, Missouri.
2: <laughs> no way. To go
0: be with her mother to help with her child. And then when she found out she was pregnant, you know, made the decision to go ahead. And so she moved there, had me, put me up for adoption. And then she went back to Lake Tahoe for a while. And guess where she lives now? No. Shelton, Washington, two hours away from me.
1: Are you serious? <laughs> that's yeah. unbelievable.
0: That's crazy, right? Oh, that's my a bit gosh. Like, yeah, it's an interesting, like, that's why I'm like, you know what? This is I'm a believer in heaven for a while now, but to find that out was, like, blew my mind because it is a crazy story it, really. yeah it's, it's amazing awesome.
2: unbelievable
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we we talked on the phone um several times you know she had had he, my brother when she was 15 years old she kind of ran away from home because of the home life you know it was kind of a crazy home life and when she got pregnant with me she knew who the father was right away and that's part of the reason why because chose to give me up for adoption was because of the turmoil that that would cause within the family because it was her older sister's baby's daddy. Yes. So she did not tell anybody about it. Her mother was the only one who knew that I existed. She did not hold me. She did not want to see me. She didn't even know if I was a girl or a boy right away because she didn't even want to, she didn't want to know because she knew she needed to do this for me. She knew that she could not provide for me. Mm-hmm. Um, she could not give me the life that I deserve, she cannot give me a father, an active father in my life. But then she put me up and she insisted that it be, you know, a two-parent home, a mm-hmm. mother and a father. Yeah. And her other stipulation was that she wanted me to go to a family that could not have children of their own.
1: Oh, interesting. Did she tell and you later why she said that particular thing?
0: No, but it makes sense. My parents um, had a son named Donnie, and when he was two years old, um, he had an ear infection. And he passed away because they gave him the antibiotics. The doctors did. And he ended up having a severe allergic reaction, Stephen Johnson syndrome and passed away.
2: Oh
1: no.
0: And my mother had to have a hysterectomy and could not have any more kids.
1: So you both so, have had hysterectomies.
0: Yes. Wow. Yes. My, my uh, adopted mother and I, yeah. yeah. But, so she, so she couldn't have any more children and, um, they wanted to adopt. So the fact that my, you know, my birth mother made that decision and, and and insisted that that be who I go to, you know, and it was just, it's just very beautiful. And it, I could not have picked a better family.
2: That's really sweet. It is. That's amazing. It's
0: really amazing. So I learned, you know, about my, my brother, you know, in that situation. And then I learned about, and then I had a little sister who is not so little she's she's way taller than me and i feel like the little sister but she got married and had my little sister she fostered care she fostered some kids
1: and she fostered so she some, some kids did she tell you about why she fostered i mean having given some up, someone up for adoption that's interesting that you would choose that did you guys yeah, talk about
0: so, that yeah we did uh, living and growing up in the, in the family that she did um, she got into drugs and alcohol abuse mm-hmm. and so She ended up giving that all up and becoming a drug and alcohol counselor. She went to college and she became a drug and alcohol
2: counselor. She
1: turned her life around. That's great.
0: She did. She turned her life around and she counseled a lot of people who struggled with that. And I think in the process of that, she had fostered one of her clients Mm -hmm. who who she could no longer take care of kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she has a really, you know, similar heart as mine, you know, as the other part of this. Like, I'm a proud advocate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so it was kind of interesting that the path of our lives, you know, that we both kind of went on. But the other side of the family was that we decided to do a DNA test. Okay. So my birth father, I want to say he has seven children by several women because my, my brother that was also, you know, related to me on my mom, said I couldn't do DNA with him because we were related either way.
1: it's going to say your brother and sister. Um,
0: <laughs> right, right, right. So we decided, um, the whole family found out. So this is the other thing. The entire family knew about me my whole life. Wow. And when I was five years old, when I was told I was adopted, that's also the the time that my birth mother decided to tell everybody about me. So it was very hard for her; she had to tell her sister about it, you know, um, and it caused a lot of pain. Um, and This was at the same sister, time
1: that you—I mean, you're—you're. Yeah. You're, this is five years in. She has elected to tell her family that she put a baby up for adoption five years ago. And when you turned five, your adoptive family also chose to tell you that you were adopted. Yes. Wow, what an amazing yes. coincidence.
0: I know. I, I, and I, I don't believe in coincidence. Not with this story, man. Know. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: It's
0: like, <laughs> wow. So it's, just, it's too much. It's too crazy. But she told her sister, obviously there was a lot of pain
2: mm-hmm.
0: associated with that. And, yeah. And her sister, you know, insisted that she tell the birth father about me.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, that he had
0: a right to know. So they drove up to the Redwoods and um, he told them And, and he that was very understanding. From what I understand, he, he, you know, he understood why she made that decision and supported it. So then, so all his kids then knew about me though. Wow. He told them. Mm. So they were, they grew up um, and knew that they had this sibling kind of out there. And so there was, David was the same age. David is my, um, the brother that I share a father with. Mm-hmm. He was the oldest. Then came me. And then came um, my other sister, Natasha, and she was, you know, her whole life, she was the oldest sister of the siblings, until how I came into the picture, but she agreed to a DNA test. So I, um, my birth mother paid for it, and I got the results back, which were so confusing.
2: Really? <laughs> I was
0: like, what? I don't even know what this is saying. <laughs> so she ended up taking it, my birth mother went, ended up taking it to, like, her professor at college to talk about, like, well, what does this even think? But basically, what it was saying was that me and my my birth sister ha- were very, really, very close in DNA. Like, so I had more DNA from my father's side of the family, and so it concluded, yes, this is a match. I am related to this person. So clearly, we share a father. He has chosen not to reach out to me.
1: You've reached out to him.
0: Um, I have not. I don't have a phone number. I have not tried. I have I have all the siblings on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. They all know about me. We're all friendly, and it, we have talked and spoken. And I got to meet Natasha and her kids, and so I've got to meet two of the siblings on that side of the family. Mm-hmm. Cause they're all great, you know. They're they're all beautiful people, and mm-hmm. so. But he himself has chosen at this point not to pursue a relationship with me, and that's okay. So what's very interesting is I look more like I look so much like my sister Natasha and my my birth father. So I, I, I definitely look like both sides of the family, but I also look like my brother mm-hmm. he, from the other side of the family. So you it's look interesting, like you know. God. Yeah, I'm kinda, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to go from being raised in a, this very tiny little family, you know, with one sister, to all of a sudden you've got like you know ten brothers and sisters.
2: Right.
0: Crazy. So it's been a journey, and there's been some heartache, and there's been some sadness. But my but my mom and dad wanted to meet her. So they, they came out mm-hmm. and we set up a meeting. Where was this? And that was at my home. In? In Vancouver.
1: In Vancouver, area. okay.
0: Yeah, oh. so my parents came out from Las Vegas to visit. And then uh, Margaret came down and they got to meet.
1: Wow, and how and was that?
0: And my, well, so remember that book that I told you my mom had given me? Yeah. So, so she made one for my first mother.
1: Oh, that was really sweet of her. Wow.
0: So mm-hmm. she cut, she like top photocopied like my footprints. And stuff and she gave her my baby shirt that i was put in right after i was born she gave that to her Wow! and she put together a photo album um from you know my childhood mm-hmm. to her.
1: this was the life that she missed
0: so she gave that gift to her and they just embraced and cried and margaret said thank you so much for raising her and, and for for loving her when I couldn't. And, and then my the parents were just like, Well, thank you for making this choice and giving us a daughter. So it's just a beautiful reunion.
1: Yeah. That is a, that's so, yeah, really cool.
0: A, it's a pretty cool story. And it's sad, too. You know, there's a lot of sadness and, uh, involved in that, too. Yeah. It was, but, but in the end, it, it's the information that I just always needed. I got. I was able to go because she lives so close, I was able to go to her GI specialist. Mm-hmm. We have been taking care of all these years. I got some really good information about my condition and um, have been healing um, because of it, meaning I will end up like her.
1: I see your, your conditions I, were caught early enough. that There's some yeah. preventative things that can be done.
0: Correct.
1: Oh, that's great. Yes,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, the, um, the idea that you can get really valuable medical information from your biological relatives directly, let alone whatever's in your, your record history, is of the utmost importance. And so the fact that you can make changes in your own life in order to ensure your better health for your future.
0: I needed to know that information when I did, because otherwise I might be getting a esophageal transplant too or whatever someday. I don't know. Right. Um, I'm really grateful to my birth, birth mother for the decision that she made. She knew in her heart and her gut that this was the right decision, and I agree with her. I don't regret one t- one moment of my life, and um, I'm very grateful for her decision and making that decision, but also for the decision of, hey, like putting her name out there.
2: Yeah. And to be discovered.
0: To find her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, no pressure. You know, she never put, she was very clear, you know, that she. She knows that my mom and dad are my mom and dad. She doesn't want to replace them in any way, shape, or form. She just wants to have a friendship. But at the end of the day, you know, it comes down to one thing, and that's love. That's right. And that's what we all have in common. Yeah. And, and so and my family grew bigger, basically. <laughs> that's you know? right. And so,
1: <laughs> so where are things <laughs> um, for all very... of y'all now? What, where, you've had the opportunity to meet Margaret. You've gotten the opportunity to introduce Margaret to your adopted parents, your mom and dad. How are the relationships now?
0: Good. You know, we are definitely more distant. I think Uh, she's had a lot more problems medically. You know, they both have severe health issues Uh um, that they're dealing with. And it's been difficult for them to travel. Yes. For us, it's been difficult to travel to see them. We have not seen each other as often as I think we would have liked to. Mm -hmm. We had a big, huge surprise family reunion for her for her birthday. That's awesome. Um, When she turned 60, we, we had family that came down from California, People came down from Seattle, and they all met at my house, and we had this huge surprise 50th birthday party because she was about to have this really major surgery that could potentially end her life. So it was kind of like, you know what, we're gonna kind of do this. And it was, and then this, this strange sister, that she, this other sister who was the oldest sister in their family, she didn't want to meet me for a long time
2: mm-hmm.
0: because she had actually and she ended up having a child lost in a pretty horrific way. She, her child was abducted and um, and murdered. And so she was angry, you know, she had some anger like, oh, here's this, you know, here's my sister who gave up this baby for adoption and now she gets to have her back in her life and I, you know, lost my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um. So there was some anger there and, and but she came, she showed up.
1: Well, that's great. That took a lot of strength to um, her part.
0: And it was beautiful.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah, you know, and it was all beautiful. Now I have a good relationship with that particular aunt.
1: It is really that much harder to... Connect with extended family. But I would imagine that, you know, the ultimate target of your desire was locating Margaret. And that's probably the most valuable thing that you that could have come out of this. And I want to praise you for putting together that family reunion, because that's one of the things that we sometimes fail to do is celebrate a person while we have them alive. And uh, I thought that was really cool that you guys did that.
0: Yeah. And I desire to meet the rest of my siblings on the dad side of the family and I would love to meet him someday and just see him, you know, and, yeah. and look him in the eyes. But that's on his terms and that's, I told them on that side of the family I've never I don't want to be a burden.
2: Yeah. You know, on
0: anybody's life, but I'm here. And so if he wants to meet me I'm 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 willing to do that and would love to have the opportunity to get to meet him someday. I wish Thank you
1: guys you. the best of luck. I'm so happy to have connected with you to hear your story, Cindy. This was really, really cool. I cannot believe the coincidences. I thought mine was interesting. I, I went to the same university as my biological mother, and uh, and it turned out, like you, she lived 30 minutes from me right down the road uh, when I discovered right. her. And I just, I thought I had some coincidences, but girl, you are the queen and, and like you said, <laughs> you know, they may not be coincidences. They could be a, a more right. a higher intervention. So thank you so much for being on yeah. her. I really, I really well, it, was all, it. And it
0: was all Leah. It was all <laughs> Leah's doing too, you
1: know? <laughs> I'll make so. sure she hears this and and knows that you thank her profusely for your connection to Margaret.
0: Yeah. Take absolutely. Care.
1: Cindy, all the best.
0: All right. Thank you. All right, you bye-bye. too. All right. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.
1: Hey, it's me, and I'm here with my mind blown right now. I thought my story had amazing parallels between my biological mother's life and my own, but Cindy's is equally amazing. Her story is filled with such emotional circumstances for why she was placed into adoption, and it really underscores how vitally important it is for adoptees to have access to their personal information, because it can be life-changing medically and clinically, I thought it was very sensitive of her to call her sister first before connecting with her own biological mother. Her sister had been yearning to learn more about herself, the way that Cindy was about to, so it was very loving of her to talk to the sister that she had grown up with first. I hope you'll find something in Cindy's story that inspires you, validates your feelings about wanting to search, or motivates you to have the strength along your journey to learn, who am I really? If you would like to share your story of locating and connecting with your biological family, visit whoamireallypodcast.com slash share.